You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. I'm sitting up here on the platform and my a text comes in and uh, Brother Ray, so he's, he is in the middle of his service and he sends me a text. Are you preaching already? Have you started? <laughs> uh, what are you preaching on? Uh, oh my goodness, friends, uh, but uh, he is crazy. That's what I responded to him. You're crazy. Uh, so anyway, all right, keep your Bibles out here, Isaiah, and I look at this passage of Scripture, and as we, we look at it, look with me at verse number five, and I'll get into the introduction. Here God is, is saying through the prophet, and go to, uh, and now go to, I will tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will take away the hedge thereof, and it shall be eaten up. And break down the wall thereof, and it shall be trodden down, and I will lay it waste. It shall not be pruned nor digged, but there shall come up briars and thorns. I will also command the clouds that they rain no rain upon it. Here we find God, he has a vineyard. He has sent prophets. He has blessed this people beyond any other group of people. And with that, there was an expectation that they were going to do right. But just like so many of us, though we have been blessed beyond, beyond measure, we too can disregard the blessings and go our own way. And here when I look at this, I think about this. I believe that there is a parallel that we could apply. Of course, this is dealing with the nation of Israel and see where their downfall was. And we can mirror that same downfall here in America. And what caused them to go from the hand of blessing to the hand of judgment are things that God lays out in this chapter. And in that chapter, we see what brought the nation of Israel ultimately to being split up, divided. The nation itself came to an end. It was destroyed. And one day that nation will regather. But what do we find? We find that Israel, today's Israel, is only a small glimpse of what God's plan was. And so here when we look into our country and we cannot but say God has blessed America. He has, he has blessed America. And all through the history of America, we, we have seen God work on so many, in so many ways. And the freedoms that we get to enjoy are freedoms that were biblical principles the, the fruits of those biblical principles that were, were sown, the foundation that this nation was built upon, and we get to still enjoy those blessings that are bestowed upon God and by us, uh, upon us by God here in this nation. But just like the nation of Israel, there's accountability. Just like the nation of Israel, there 
there is a responsibility that we have to those blessings. And you can't be the recipient of blessings without the expectation that you're going to do something with them. And here, God's expectation of the blessings upon his vineyard was that they were going to bear fruit. Now, I just lost 90% of you. But that's the reality. We just got, we got real quiet. But here, he said, he said that they were to, to uh, uh, bring forth grapes. And verse number four, he said, What could have been done more to my vineyard that I have not done in it? God said, What more could I have done to make you fruitful? What more could I have done for you? What more blessings could I have done that, that have not been done? What, what other blessings could I have done that would have made the difference? And God got to a place where he said, there was nothing more I could do. The responsibility is 100% yours. And now with that, God said, I'm going to back off. And he said that his hand of blessing on the nation of Israel, his vineyard, as owner, he has the right to do what he wants. It's his vineyard. It's his, it's his right to invest in it, and it's his right to withdraw from it. And here God is saying, I am backing off. I am removing my hand of blessings. And when you remove the hand of blessing by God, the vacuum of judgment is the result. And here we see that being the case. Warren Worsby said this. He said, the first thing you must know about the prophets is that their ministry focuses on the present as well as the future. They tell forth the word of God as well as foretell the works of God. And true prophets are like good doctors. They diagnose the case, prescribe the remedy, and warn the patient. Uh, what will happen if the prescription is ignored? And here the prophets have been ignored. The Remedy was available, but they disregarded it. They did not listen. They did not hear. And so here we find that in chapter 5, that there is judgment that is coming. Tonight I want to speak to you on the subject, what's wrong with the country? What's wrong with the country? And of course... We know that the country in Isaiah is referencing, it's referencing Israel. But these problems that were there are problems that are here. And if God was going to withdraw his hand of blessings to Israel because of these problems, we can expect that God would withdraw his hands of blessings from America if we follow in suit. And so... What's wrong with the country? Father, I pray that you'd help us tonight and uh, just give us uh, some encouragement uh, that there is hope. 
Uh, Lord, there are, there are things that we need to address in our nation. Uh, there are things that we need to address uh, uh, in our country, in our, uh, our church, and uh, corporately, individually. Uh, yet, Lord, we, we pray that uh, it would help us to just have some hope that if we take care of these areas, that we would not lose uh, your hand of blessing uh, on this country. And so I pray that you'd bless. For Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. I was planning originally on addressing the woes of the, uh, of the current culture and the, the, the problems of our day and, and the church's responses to those problems, uh, but the Lord gave me a different direction uh, on that. Uh, so here we're going to look at the reasons for these judgments, and we find six things uh, that God's people were engaged in that brought them to a place of judgment. And with that, these things can be individuals. This, these items can be addressed in a family. These items can be addressed in a church. These items can be addressed in a country. And so, uh, so all of these are things that God uh, dislikes and that these people had, had uh, been a part of. I want you to see, first of all, look at verse number 8. The Bible says, Woe unto them that join house to house, that lay field to field, that there be no place, that they may be placed alone in the midst of the earth. In mine ears said the Lord of hosts, of a truth, many houses shall be desolate, even great and fair, without inhabitant. Yea, ten acres of vineyard shall yield one bath, and the seed of an omer shall yield an ephah. And here what we find is we find, first of all, uh, number one, we find that they were a people that were covetous. They were covetous. Uh, they were field that were up to field. They, all they were trying to do was expand their own kingdom. They were trying to expand uh, their resources and field to field. And uh, as you look at the nation of Israel and what was going on in that day, uh, they were looking for the wealthy to become more wealthy and for the poor to be discarded, uh, for them to be disregarded. And, uh, and what is the use of, uh, of having resources if you can't help anybody? You know, we, we have become a very covetous nation. You know, the Bible tells us that covetousness is as uh, idolatry, uh, that God, God identifies the sin of covetousness as the sin of idolatry, just as bad as bowing down to Buddha, just as bad as uh, offering up sacrifices to Molech, uh, just as bad as, as people taking uh, their children and offering them uh, to their false gods as Israel uh, was engaged in. Uh, they, they had gone down a path that was a, a very wicked path. Uh, they had lost all sense of, uh, of what God's ways were. And his ways are above our ways. His thoughts are above our thoughts. And, and it doesn't matter what we like and dislike. It doesn't matter if we understand the whys. It just matters that we obey the what. That we follow the guidance that God gives us. But these people, uh, they became a covetous people. Uh, and the rich sought only to get richer. Uh, and God's blessings are not only for our satisfaction. Success is not just so we can feel good about ourselves. 
And if God blesses us, he wants us then to be, to be a vessel of blessing to others. And, and here, uh, the people, they had gotten to a place where uh, they were covetous, and God hates covetousness. Secondly, uh, they, they embraced drunkenness. Drunkenness, Isaiah 5, verse number 11 Woe unto them that rise up early in the morning, that they may follow strong drink, that continue until night, till wine inflame them, and the harp, and the vial, and the tabret, and the pipe, and the wine are in their feast, but they, they regard not the work of the Lord, neither consider uh, the operations of his hands. Therefore my people are gone into captivity, because they have no knowledge, and their honorable men are famished, and their multitude dried up. Up with thirst. Uh, they were dried up with thirst. There was no satisfying that drunkenness that they had, the desire for the drinking. Uh, and, and here that uh, continued until night, till wine inflamed them. Uh, and so here we see this, uh, this uh, country of drunkenness. And, and the, the results of it, uh, Proverbs chapter 20 and verse number 1. Proverbs 20 and verse 1. I know it's going to be up on the screen, but put it to, get your Bible. Jot down these verses. Uh, these, these will help you, the cross-references here. Uh, Proverbs chapter 20 and verse number 1. Proverbs chapter 20 and verse number 1. Wine is a mocker. Strong drink is raging. And whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. It is, it's amazing to me how many people, adults even, well, God didn't say, I, he didn't command me that I couldn't. He calls you unwise. What he's saying is, don't do this. Don't get quiet on me. You know, we don't have to have a command for everything. God's instruction, uh, the wisdom that he gives is so we don't have the, the foolishness and the error. All we have to do is look around us how many lives are destroyed by alcohol. You don't need a command in the scripture that says thou shalt not drink. But there is a lot of admonition against it. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 29. Proverbs 23, verse 29. Who hath woe? Who hath sorrow? Who hath contentions? Who hath babblings? Who hath wounds without cause? Who hath redness of eyes? This sounds like somebody I want to be. No, absolutely not. It is not somebody that we want to be. They that tarry long at the wine, they that go to seek mixed wine, look not upon the wine when it is red, when it giveth its color in the cup, when it moveth itself aright. That is talking about the fermentation process. And when wine is fermenting, it moves. The very process of making wine is it will begin to move. You throw juice in a cup, it's not moving. But you make wine and you take those grapes and you put them in there and you have to add yeast. And the adding of the yeast, uh, and some say, well, no, you don't have to add yeast. There are, there are wineries in Italy that you, they don't add any yeast. No, but those kegs have had wine in them for hundreds of years. And the yeast is already there. 
And so, uh, but you look at this, uh, the, it moves itself aright. And he, he says that we are not even to look upon it when it moves itself aright. So that fermentation, uh, God is saying, don't even look upon it when it's red, when it moveth itself aright. So why would I then need another command that says, thou shalt not drink wine? Uh, it's, uh, but this, this people, they became a drunk. You never become a drunk or an alcoholic without drinking. You don't take the first drink, you'll never be an alcoholic. Amen. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 15. I'm just going to jump there. Woe unto him that giveth his neighbor drink, that puttest thy bottle to him, and makest him drunken also, that thou mayest look upon their nakedness. Uh, and here you just see, uh, it's amazing. Drunkenness and nakedness, they go together. Immorality and alcohol go together. Amen. And this, this country had embraced this. And God was addressing this drunken condition. And the judgment of drunkenness reveals the foolishness of drinking. Go to Romans 13. Romans 13, New Testament. Uh, sometimes people say, well, you know, you're, you stayed in the Old Testament, so it doesn't apply to us. Uh, the wisdom of the Old Testament still applies to us. What does not apply to us in the Old Testament, uh, there are three laws in the Word of God. You have the moral law, the civil law, you have the ceremonial law. The ceremonial law is that which uh, was the ceremonies uh, that were tied in the Old Testament, the ordinances of the Old Testament uh, that, that dealt with uh, pointing to the coming Christ. And with that, the feasts, the ordinances, uh, in those ordinances themselves, uh, they were all pointing towards Christ. And when Christ came, Colossians 3 tells us that the ordinances were nailed to the cross. The moral law was not nailed to the cross. The, the civil law was not nailed to the cross. And so, and the instruction of the Old Testament uh, that God has given us uh, is for our admonition, for our learning. Uh, Romans 13, look at verse 13. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering in wantonness, not in strife and envying. Uh, so here you have that rioting and drunkenness. So you have bad behavior tied to drinking. So, so why would I want that to be a part of my life? Say, Pastor, why are you hitting this? Because too many Christians are, have swallowed hook, line, and sinker that's okay to drink in moderation. And, and with that, that idea is an idea that, that promotes drinking and the amount of people that have, have destroyed their life over drinking, the amount of children that have been abused, the amount of immorality, uh, incest, uh, all of the, 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 there's so much sin that is tied up and connected to drinking uh, that Christians have no place drinking. Why would I bring something so dark into my life? And 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 1 Corinthians 6, our country has embraced it. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9, 
Uh, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. God is saying, listen, this is behavior of lost people. This is not behavior of the family of God. Ephesians 5 uh, and verse number 18. Ephesians 5 verse 18. Galatians, Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18. The Bible says, And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. And, And sometimes people just come back, well, he didn't command that I can't. I remember when I was in high school, uh, I had a friend, his name was Alan, and Alan uh, uh, was walking out of his house, his mom raised him by himself, and uh, he was, I don't know, 16, 17 at the time, and he's walking out of the house, and mom said, it was the middle of the day, Alan, what time are you coming home? I'll be home after dark. And at 3 a.m., Alan went back to the house. Mom was not happy. Matter of fact, mom was irate. And he said, I told you I'd be home after dark. Is that true? It is. But it doesn't mean it was right. And sometimes we try to play that with God. You know, it's not going to fly. Well, you said I couldn't touch this, but you didn't say I couldn't touch this. And, and we have this idea that God is just going to accept whatever we throw at him. And he's not going to. He's not going to. And here he is, he is judging his, his vineyard. He is judging his people. And it's because of their behavior. Uh, and so here we see this nation had become ch- covetous. Uh, they, had, uh, they had embraced drunkenness. Uh, this this uh, uh, people had, be, uh, had allowed carelessness, number three, to come into their lives. Isaiah, back to Isaiah 5 and verse number 18. Uh, carelessness was a part of their life. Woe unto them that draw iniquity with cords of vanity and sin as as it were, a cart rope, uh, just pulling in sin and emptiness. They are grabbing hold of all these things uh, that say, let him make speed and hasten his work that we may see it, and let the counsel of the Holy One of Israel draw nigh and come see that we may know it. What they're saying is, they were grabbing hold of all types of vices and sins, and uh, it did not matter. The emptiness, and uh, it was like a cart rope. They would hold on to a a cart rope uh, full of a cart full of sinful or wrong things, pulling it to themselves and said, Go ahead, God, show us if it's wrong. God doesn't owe us anything. God doesn't owe us. This carelessness here uh, was, uh, they were mocking the Lord. They were mocking his wisdom. They were mocking the blessings that they that God had given to them. And now they're they're like, okay, well. Show me that it's wrong. Prove to me that it's wrong. God doesn't have to prove anything to us. This attitude of carelessness, uh, this mocking uh, of God. 
uh, these individuals that say, let him make speed. Go ahead, God, show me. Hasten his work they, that we may see it. Prove that you're really there. Prove that this is wrong. And God says, okay, I will. But it's not going to be like you want me to. So go ahead, God, show us. Explain to us why is what they were saying, this carelessness. And God owes us no explanation. And we don't have to understand to obey. We don't have to be able to adapt it to our culture and make God explain how his laws apply to our culture We've got to make sure that we are just applying our life to his word. Whether we like, dislike, agree, dislike, or disagree, the carelessness of God's chosen people brought judgment. And so here we see that, uh, that covetousness, the drunkenness, the carelessness. Uh, and fourthly, I want you to see the deception. The deception. Go back to Isaiah 5 and verse number 20. Isaiah 5.20, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. The condition of Israel in Isaiah's day, it reeks of the condition of America today. The amount of the attitude of something being wrong is embraced as being right. Righteousness is treated as unrighteousness. Good is being treated as evil and evil as good. And you can run right across the gamut of all the sins in the culture of our day. And, and we see it over and over and over again. But you know, God, God is good. God's good all the time. And God's ways are good. And no matter whether or not the world wants to, uh, to impact improvise and impose and transpose and change God's ways around. Uh, you and I, we just need to realize no matter what the world does, we're going to do what God wants us to do and, and follow what he wants us uh, to follow. But deception was a way of the culture and it may be counterculture, but God's ways are right ways and, uh, and they're good and they're blessed and they're valuable for us to embrace. No matter what the culture of the day is. Proverbs 3, 5. He said, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. And here God's people had gotten to a place where they, just like the world, they were now calling good evil and evil good, light darkness and darkness light. Uh, so the deception that was there, and deception should not be a part of our life. Truth, as we embrace truth, we will see the revealing of light. 
The Bible tells us that he will enlighten us. What is that? The truth of God's word, it reveals, it enlightens, and that's what we need uh, in our nation. But that's, not, that's what we need in our life as well. Fifthly, uh, we see that this was a nation of pride. Isaiah 5, 21. Woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. Is that America or what? And hear this pride that is there. It's destructive and it is hated by God. Go to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. And in Romans chapter 1, look with me at verse number 22. Romans 1, 22, professing themselves to be wise. What's that next statement? They became fools. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Hear this pride. It was intended to lift them up, and God said, you revealed your foolishness. And here, with that, that pride uh, that they had, uh, it brought destruction. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. I've only got one more major point. 43 verses. <laughs> All right. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Look with me at verse number 18. The Bible says, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But to unto us that are, which are saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise and where is the scribe and where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews require a sign and the Greeks seek after wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified. Under the Jews a stumbling block and under the Greeks foolishness, but under them which are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. And what do we see here? God's wisdom, it is, it is the wisdom to aspire to. And what God has revealed is wisdom. And when we reject the wisdom of God, we are rejecting the, the power of God. We are rejecting the revelation of God. And here, the wisdom that he has given to us, uh, what do we see? We see that God uh, is going to allow uh, his wisdom. Uh, it is the foolishness of God is wiser than men. The people that seem like they can give you all the answers... Why is it that they're trying to get you to lower your faith instead of increase your faith? Why is it that they're wanting you to drop your standards instead of raise your standards? Why is it that they want you to, uh, to go to church less than more? 
What, what, what is this that's going on? Uh, what do we find? We find that there is a pull to remove people uh, from, uh, from biblical teaching and wisdom that's here uh, as though that we have to have a command for everything. Uh, and it's disheartening uh, because people uh, will fall into that. Uh, Proverbs 3, 7, he said, Be not wise in thine own eyes, fear the Lord, depart from evil. Proverbs 6, go to Proverbs 6. Proverbs 6, and verse number 16. Proverbs 6, verse 16. These six things doth the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him. Now, notice these things. And as we're going through them, recognize the importance of, of what God's saying, I hate these things. And then, then recognize what we allow to be in our, in our life. Recognize what we will be a part of. Here, we see... These six things that the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him. The abomination, the word abomination, it makes God sick. It is literally to spew, to spit out. And God, God looks at, there are certain things that God looks at and he says, these are abomination to me. God doesn't say that about everything. Every sin is not an abomination. But there are sins that God hates more than other sins. And God, anything that is an abomination to God is a sin. It's a sin. All right, so these six things that the Lord hate, yea, seven are abomination to him. First one, a proud look. Proud look. You know, we ought not be a proud people. What do we have to be proud of? Any accomplishment that we have made, any successes that we have had, it's because God's been good to you. God has blessed you. You say, well, I work hard. Who gave you the life to even live? Who gave you the health to be able to work? Who gave you the hands, the eyes, the mind, the intellect? Who gave you any of that? Who gave you the opportunity? It is God. All glory belongs to Him. None of it belongs to us. And if we are able to do anything that brings glory, that glory should be, uh, it should be uh, cast right back to the one that gave us the very opportunity. Uh, it is not for us uh, to glory in ourselves. And uh, God says a proud look, uh, just a look of pride. God said, I hate that. I, I hate that arrogance. I, I hate that pride. Uh, a proud look. A lying tongue. We hate lying with our kids, our kids lying. Well, I just didn't want to hurt anybody's feelings. There's no little white lie in the Bible. 
Well, I didn't want to offend them. Then you better figure out how to change what you're going to say. And truth offends. And I'm not saying we need to be running around trying to hurt people. But we also ought not to be going around lying. A lying tongue. You know, honesty is something that we're all supposed to have. We teach the kids not to lie. Tax time. Lying. A lying tongue. He goes on. Hands that shed innocent blood. Hands that shed innocent blood. We don't live in a day where well, we are out in battle, conquering lands, but we are in a country that is Killing the innocent by the millions. Just the recorded abortions in America, 63 million since Roe was, that Roe v. Wade was passed. And though it has been overturned in recent days, and I'm, and I'm happy about that, but abortion has not gone away. And the abortion crowd has, has mobilized and they have energized and they are fighting. And you know what? God says, I hate hands that shed innocent blood. There's judgment that comes for that, from that. A heart that deviseth wicked imaginations. You know when... Nobody is looking when nobody is there. What, what do we think about? God, God does not want us to be a cesspool of wicked imaginations because those imaginations become reality. That's why pornography is such a destructive sin. Over the years, the amount of people and families that I've counseled where children were abused. Pornography was always a part of that situation. Person that was the abuser always had a pornography problem. And you say, well, people, people will tell me, well, you know, it's one of those sins that doesn't hurt anybody else. There isn't any sin that doesn't hurt anybody else. And the sin of pornography is destructive. 
I'm appalled at the reports that I read and polls that I I have listened to and seen. Barna did some reports. 37% of pastors think it's okay. How in the world could they stand in the pulpit and preach the truths of God's word and the reason they have justified that sin is because it's a sin in their own life. It's unbelievable. Hearts that devise wicked imaginations. And these are things that God hates. You, you wonder about the sins. It seems like sin just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. Why is that the case? Because uh, of wicked imaginations. Uh, it is the, the condition of a heart uh, that deviseth wicked imaginations. He goes uh, on, feet that be swift and running to mischief. Uh, now, it's not just, it's not just the uh, wicked imagination. It, it is the person that just can't wait to get involved in the sin. It's the teenager that just can't wait to get out of the house so they can go do whatever they want to do. And that, that, is, that is the condition of the nation of Israel, but you can see it. It is a condition of the state, uh, the, the condition of, uh, of, of our nation as well. Verse number 19 of a false witness that speaketh lies. Uh, God, God is talking about the bearing of false witness. And so it's not just the, uh, the, the uh, uh, lies that now it is the bearing of false witness. And, uh, and God, God is a just God. Justice is an attribute of our God. Uh, just as he is a God of love, uh, he is also a God of justice. And uh, that attribute of God, uh, and a false witness that speaketh lies, giving testimony against somebody falsely. God hates that. God hates that. And that one ties right into the next the next one here, and he that soweth discord among the brethren. He that soweth discord among the brethren. You know, when people are sowing discord, are you an ear? Why do they come to you? Boy, we really got quiet. The reason they came to you is because they thought you would listen. And now you are a partaker of another man's sins. He said, oh no, they were looking to get it solved. Then why didn't they go to the person that they had the problem with? Well, they just don't feel like they can talk to them. Then you go get another brother and say, let's go talk to this individual. That's Bible. But sowing discord is not. God hates it. 
And this, this was a part of what was going on. Uh, and it was, it was all uh, part of the, the pride. And, and the pride, sowing discord, what is that doing? I'm pushing somebody else down and lifting myself up. I'm undermining somebody else so I can maybe take that position. Have, have that power. Have that position, that place. Uh, and God here, he, he hates that. Uh, and so uh, these, are, these are things that God here is hating in that. Uh, lastly, number six, uh, we see that there was injustice. Injustice. Isaiah 5, verse 22, he said, Woe unto them that are mighty to drink wine, and men of strength to mingle strong drink, which justify the wicked for reward, and take away the righteousness of the righteous from him. Uh, this injustice, how do you take away the righteousness of the righteous? Uh, what you do is, in that in, un, unjust uh, actions, uh, they had taken bribe, they had taken reward, and now the, the, the guilty were pronounced innocent and the innocent were pronounced guilty. And now that innocent individual, how do you prove that you are innocent if you never did something? Back about 15 years ago, there was a pastor in eastern Washington and he was arrested for molesting his daughter. That's what he was arrested for. He went to jail. It was all over the, all over the uh, the the papers and all over the uh, the news, and it was just a, a big, huge ordeal. And the pastor kept saying, "I I have not done any of this. These are all false accusations." And the pastor was, of course, as soon as he was convict, he was convicted. His wife course they she divorced all of his church his friends i mean they because he was convicted he was guilty otherwise he wouldn't have been convicted two years into his prison sentence the 12 year old little girl comes out and said my daddy didn't do anything my mommy told me to say this. The mom was having an affair with somebody else and wanted dad out of the way. His life was destroyed. His righteousness was taken away. They came back and he was exonerated the wife was never even charged. And here this entire process, the manipulation was there and somebody's life was destroyed. And here you see as God is saying it, uh, that they take away the righteous of the righteous from him. And now this individual who was innocent ha has a stigma, has a, uh, a record, and they can take it off, but they can never undo the damage that was done. 
You know what was going on? There was injustice going on. There was briberies going on. Uh, there was personal gain, manipulation. All these things were taking place, and God said, I hate that. This is bringing judgment. How in the world are the politicians that are in D.C., how are they even, how are they not in jail? You know why? Because of the injustice. This, this very, these very verses, uh, they justify the wicked for reward. You follow the money trail. Clintons, Bidens. You follow the, the, the Weinstein. You follow all of these terrible things and people are counted as innocent. It's all because of reward. No judgment, no justice. Why? Because they, they have deep pockets. And that was a condition of what was going on in this day. And so here God looked at this nation. They were identifiers uh, of those who had passed a line with God. And America is guilty of all of these. And, and unfortunately, we are guilty of some of these as well. As believers. Let's, let's not just recognize and push it off on a group, a country that... We are just one of. Let's make sure that we are doing what we can to stop these. If we want the Lord's intervention, we've got to be honest enough to recognize our condition and repent of our sins and realize the great opportunity to represent such a great God. Let's not lose the blessings of the vineyard. They can be taken away from us just like they were taken away from Israel. Father, I pray that you'd help us. Thank you for your word, the power that's in it. And help us, Lord, to realize that uh, not only is our nation guilty, Lord, there are things that are here uh, that we are even guilty of. And I pray that you'd forgive us and help us, Lord, to uh, make adjustments in our own personal lives and our, our, uh, what we allow and accept in our life. I pray that you'd help us, uh, just mature us, grow us, strengthen us, uh, convict us, please. And, and then, Lord, help us to be the light that we need to be uh, in this dark world. And so Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's BBC, the number four, me.org. May God bless you.